You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Welcome to another edition of what we like to call here the Microwave Purple Podcast. That means it's short, it's sweet, and it's very informative. Zolgad and uh, Collar with you. And Matthew, let's start with this. Derek Carr received last week from the Raiders a five-year, $125 million contract extension, $40 million fully guaranteed. What does that mean if you are the Minnesota Vikings and you employ Sam Bradford? That could mean a lot of things, or it could mean absolutely nothing, Judd. And by the way, you just invented the Microwave Purple Podcast right now. I, I sort of like I that. did not sign off on that. We did not agree to terms. What did we I call did, it last week? I think you called it the Mini Purple yeah, Podcast. Yeah, I did. That's not fun, though. Okay. I'll, I didn't really like that. I'm trying to come up with something that labels it. Like... Mini is an okay word. Microwave, though, sort of catchy. But when I think of microwave, I think of hot pockets that burn the inside of my mouth. Well, that's why you have it. Okay, this is so simple. Let me help you out. You're young. Hot pocket. You have hot pocket. Microwave. You're right. It's hot. It's why you put a ton of ketchup on the side of the plate and dip the hot pocket in the ketchup to cool it off. You will never burn your mouth. And, by the way, have a pop right there as well. This is this means you can't burn the inside of your. What mouth. kind of hot pockets are you getting that you use with ketchup? All hot pockets, hot P- pockets, pizza, hot pockets you use with ketchup. Sure, it's delicious. Okay, we need to move on. I love ketchup. I could spend a lot of time on this. Okay, if it's not ketchup, applesauce. You cannot mix ketchup with sauce? pizza sauce. Applesauce. Dip it. My point is, if you dip it, you don't burn the inside of your mouth. It instantly cools it off. I could buy into applesauce if we're talking about the broccoli and cheese. Hot pocket. Sure, yeah, those are not bad. But you can't use ketchup with cheese. Okay, we should move on yeah. because you're absolutely wrong. <laughs> However, I think there are lots of people right now who disagree with me. Yeah. So how does um, that Derek Carr contract <laughs> impact Sam Bradford and the Vikings? All right, so back to where I was. It, uh, it might a lot or it might not at all. Uh, and I think that entirely depends on one Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Because if Teddy Bridgewater can prove at some point or another that he is 100%, uh, then the Vikings will turn back to Bridgewater. He is much younger, and they can pay him $1.3 million next year and delay a long-term contract for Bridgewater. And I also think that given the choice, the people at the very top would see some of the differences between the two and prefer Bridgewater anyway. But even if you thought that they were exactly the same, as far as value above a replacement or backup quarterback, you would still say age and price, it's a no-brainer to go with Teddy Bridgewater as long as you believe that that knee is back to 100%. And as of right now, we still know nothing. I sat there at minicamp and watched him throw some passes and push off his non-injured leg and 
get bungee corded around and do some different stretching and drills and things, uh, I came away with nothing. I, I don't. I, I can't possibly right. even speculate how far along he is or how long it's going to be. Sure. But if he's back to 100%, I would say that the Vikings will turn to him as their long-term starting quarterback. If he is not back to 100% at any point this year, and they don't believe he's going to be able to be their starting quarterback, then if you are Tom Condon, you are saying to the Minnesota Vikings, look at the stat line between Derek Carr and Sam Bradford. This is what you should be paying him. And even though Derek Carr is younger, both could be considered in their prime. And I will give you, Judd, a mind-blowing statistic on Sam Bradford and Derek Carr. Okay. Because I think the world considers Derek Carr much better than Sam Bradford. Last two years, quarterback rating between these two, 93.9 for Derek Carr, 93.0 for Sam Bradford. The pro football focus ratings... The last two years, Derek Carr, 86.5 and 87. For Sam Bradford, 85.5 and 82.9. I think if you were just running a pure statistical model for these two, you would find them to be fairly comparable. And I don't believe that they are really comparable. But if you are, I think Carr, I would take Carr far over Sam Bradford. But I think if you're his agent... You're going to take a look at the money that some other quarterbacks have received in long-term deals, and you'll probably say, look, this is the range that you should have Sam Bradford, somewhere in between 22 to $25 million per year, and that is a big ask if Teddy Bridgewater can't return. What's the stats on, on things between the two, like attempts per throw? and, and Because there are... Bradford, it seems to me, receives criticism based on certain things because he can complete passes. And if you watch the deep ball when he elects to throw it, it's actually very, it's fine. It's nice. But what are the stats, for instance, as far as what what car attempts uh, per completion or attempt? Well, they have the exact same yards per attempt, 7.0. Okay. Uh, Derek Carr throws deep more often, but he has a lower completion percentage. And if you adjust the net yards per attempt, which means you take out the interceptions and the sacks, then Derek Carr's is a little higher at 6.75 to Mm -hmm. 6.2. But even the QBRs are not that different. Derek Carr, last two years, QBRs were 46.3 and 62.1. You compare that to Sam Bradford, 42.8 42.8 and 59.0. I mean, those are very, very close for a lot of these different numbers. I think what you would say is the big difference between these two quarterbacks, and Derek Carr throws a lot of short passes too. I mean, Latavius Murray and that crew of running backs, True. You're right. Uh, they picked up a ton of receptions last season. Uh, I think the big difference is that Derek Carr had one of the best running games in the NFL, He had one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, probably the best in the AFC running away. Uh, He also had good. I will say that Sam Bradford had good wide receivers, too. So I won't make a huge difference between uh, the two with wide receivers because Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, you're pretty well set up there. But I think that's the big difference is that where Sam Bradford, when he handed off on first down, he got three yards. And when Derek Carr handed off on first down, he got five yards. Mm -hmm. That's the big difference between the two. And if I was Sam Bradford's agent, I would be saying to the Vikings, I've got seven, eight, nine, ten different statistics here that line these guys up pretty similarly. The big difference between the two that anyone would tell you is the intangibles. 
But then if I was Sam Bradford's camp, I would say, look, you're really just filling in a narrative because he had better players around him and he looks like a big leader. And it, the offensive line difference was massive. Massive. I mean, the Raiders went out with a ton of cap room for years and years. They went out and said, we are going to address this position, basically. And they got really good there. Uh, so if Sam Bradford, caller, if he was to get a contract today, so if they were to sit down with Con and, and say, Tom, we want to be fair here, what type of contract would Bradford get today? I think you are looking at over $21 million a year. Because when I go back and On like look, a five-year deal? I think probably four to five years would be the ask. Okay. Uh, because you're talking about th- uh, 29 years old, so he'd be going on 30. Quarterbacks from 30 to 35 are still in their prime. In uh-huh. fact, some would even argue that that's, those are the best This would years. be his last big contract. Yeah. Some of their best years will come uh, right around the early 30s. Sure. And if you look at the other quarterbacks who are making above $20 million, Throw aside Tom Brady for this because I think Tom Brady probably wants to make that money so he has a cap hit where they can afford other players. I also think that they find plenty of ways to get Tom Brady more money. Yeah, I agree. But so, all right, here's some other quarterbacks that are making in that range you've got Cam Newton, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Flacco, Kirk Cousins is a franchise tag. Drew Brees, Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. If you were talking about waiting till the end of this year, and let's say the Vikings make the playoffs with Sam Bradford, I think his agent is saying, well, he deserves more than per year than Ryan Tannehill, and that puts you up into the range with those other quarterbacks. I, I would say most of those quarterbacks are better than Sam Bradford, but some of them signed contracts that were you know before. Mm-hmm. They didn't sign them right now at this market with this salary cap. Right. I think it's at least over 21. I think it could approach 23, 24, 25. I keep coming back to this question, though. In this entire Bridgewater discussion, and if he comes back, and if he does this or, or that, here's my question. From a franchise point of view, the Vikings are doing everything they can with huge expectations for 2017 to give Bradford every component he needs. Basically, they are, as I've said before they're begging him to be successful if he doesn't achieve the success expected is this current administration even going to be in a place to say we're going back to teddy i mean to me this to me all of the eggs seem to have to be in the bradford basket because if this team really falls short i think they're all gone basically i think your coach is probably gone i think your gm is for sure gone so like is this even a realistic conversation because we're talking about a guy who suffered a catastrophic injury being out maybe coming back no one's quite sure um but we're also having this discussion as if okay if things don't work with bradford they just turn back here possibly and i'm saying to myself is it even going to be this administration in place to do so because i'm not sure if you changed GMs and coaches, I'm not sure that, that they would ever come back in and say, well, we've got this quarterback in the background. And by the way, he suffered a catastrophic in- injury. I think they would probably say we're going in a completely different direction mm-hmm. and building things. So is this conversation really about a choice between two quarterbacks or is this, this conversation about Bradford's either going to do it for you? And if he doesn't, unless there's really uh, unique circumstances, there's probably going to be change i don't think that there is a choice i think it's bridgewater if he's good to go and and that is the only direction that you but would if bradford go. but let's say bradford's great for you 
that makes can it you mu- do that? Yeah, that makes it much much harder. But that's what you. But want. I think you can do it. Yeah, I, I think mean, you. You're, you're I aiming, think you can and you would. You're aiming for Sam Bradford to get you in the playoffs and for you to make a run. And at that point in time, can you then turn around and say to that quarterback, "Hey, Sam, we appreciate it." And meanwhile, we're going to bring back this guy. And by the way, with Bridgewater, in my opinion, you're not going to know for sure until Mm -hmm. you put him on the field for a series of games. I agree. Like, if you get comfortable in practice, that's foolish. So can you turn around to Condon and Sam Bradford and say, we really appreciate your contribution, but we're going back to a guy who we think can continue to do what you did, but we're not quite sure. I think the answer is yes on that. Uh, For two reasons. I mean, there is a scenario where you could keep both again if you franchise tag Sam Bradford. True. You can do that, and uh, Washington has been doing that with Kirk Cousins. If you were not 100% sure that Bridgewater would be back and wanted another year sample size, you could do it. Signing him to a long-term contract, though, likely means some things are going to get real hard with that roster and decisions. There's some players also coming up for free agency within the next couple years. Uh, the biggest one just this year will be Xavier Rhodes. Right. But even after that, Stefan Diggs, Eric Hendricks is quite a player. If you want to keep Anthony Barr, if he bounces right back and is one of the elite defenders in the league, that's you're talking about giving $15 million a year to Anthony Barr to keep him around too. Mm-hmm. And all of these things make it pretty tricky to give a long-term contract to Sam Bradford because the strength of this roster, in part, has been built upon the fact that you have money available because you're not going crazy. Sam Bradford, at this point, is the 16th highest-paid quarterback in the league, Mm -hmm. so you haven't gone crazy with your cap situation uh, with the quarterback, and you've been able to keep players and and sign players like the two tackles this offseason. That's part of it. Uh, With Bradford... There is a scenario where you're not really sure whether to keep him or not based on his performance. That's the 9 and 7 scenario. You go 9 and 7, you get into the playoffs, you lose in the first round, what do you do? Then that's the only one in which I can see that if if you think Bridgewater is okay, you might transition back. Yeah. But, but if they but go, if he wins 12 games and they make a playoff run, can you really turn around and say we appreciate your help and and now we're going back to a guy who by the way, if he plays two games and collapses, you're going to get absolutely torched, and rightfully so. But wouldn't you say, if they won 11 games, if you were Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, couldn't you say, look, uh, we won 11 games with Teddy Bridgewater, and we plan on doing it again and continuing to build around him using all of this free cap money? You could. You could. I just just think it's interesting that they've given Bradford his uh, coordinator – They've given Bradford a lot of components now to make him him successful. Yes, they could do it. It would just be interesting because you are you're ba- you're basically saying to him, "We are going to put you in a position to be the best possible QB that that you, that you can be, and we are giving you uh, components that you have never had before." And then, if you're successful, saying bye. So it's just an interesting the nine and seven one. If you're nine and seven and, and you make the playoffs, collar, I do think that there's a scenario there under which, for the most part, the GM keeps his job for sure. The coach does as well, and then you might turn around and say, "We'll chance it with with Teddy." The Teddy thing to me too is intriguing. Based on this, I don't think anybody like people see him throwing again and they're like, "This is great," because you know he he basically had an in- injury that the day he sustained it you thought to yourself he might be done that's all great and well and good but i still don't think any one of us or the vikings truly know yet isn't there another scenario where bradford and i agree with everything you said that i don't think anyone knows yet just like 
even any of us going out and watching him in practice right. or whatever. I mean, I've been and given, it's all controlled too, given right no indication where that's really going, other than that he is at very least on track. So we mm-hmm. do know that. Um, isn't there a scenario with this conversation where Sam Bradford says, you know what, guys, it's been real, but and it was nice of you to get me uh, Pat Shermer here. But uh, open market's pretty good for quarterbacks. Look at Brock Osweiler and the cheese that that guy is bringing yeah. in. And I'm way better than Brock Osweiler. Yep. Let's say Deshaun Watson is terrible for Houston. Mm-hmm. They will still have a great defense with Whitney Merciless, Jadavion Clowney, J.J. Watt. I mean, I even projecting a year from now. Sure. There are a handful of teams. How about the Jacksonville Jaguars? Let's say the Jacksonville Jaguars play really well this year. Blake Bortles is still bad. And they think, gosh, Jalen Ramsey's an elite player, and we've got some weapons now. Fournette is a beast. You know what we could really use? A quarterback, because Blake Bortles is really bad. Hey, uh, Sam, we'll give you 25 a year for four years. 100 million bucks, buddy. I mean, that's the hard thing for the Vikings, because we're just assuming that he'll resign in Minnesota if... They yeah. wait and wait and wait. That's a good point. But if they, but that, he's going to have options. Well, there will always be options for a, a middle of the road there, quarterback. There is no way that by this point in time, as, as we sit here near July first, collar. There is no way that there haven't been discussions of some sort. And that discussion might be, let's wait and see. And if you do that, it, it, it's for both sides. So does the car deal, seeing the parameters of this uh, contract, does the car agreement? make you lean towards signing Bradford more, less, or the same? I have always been in the wait and see because two years of a sample size of being pretty good but not great leaves me needing more to really know for sure. Sure. I think if I get three years of the same exact play that puts me in the middle of the league at best – from Philadelphia to two years in Minnesota, you eliminate all the excuses that exist, all of the, well, he had a bad offensive line. And I, and I don't mean that they're invalid by saying excuses. I just mean there's always been something. You, this right. is true, going back Through, to the Rams. And it's, all, and it's 90% valid yes. for the Rams weren't great. Uh, the Eagles had their issues with uh, Chip Kelly becoming predictable. And the offense, yes. And the Vikings with the offensive line last year. You, they've worked really hard to get rid of a lot of that noise to get a true outcome and a predictive outcome here mm-hmm. this year. So if they get that outcome and it's nine and seven, it's a high completion percentage with a low yards per attempt, and you fail in late games and on third downs again with all of these things with new running backs and everything else, and you still can't have an offense that ranks above twentieth, which I think the expectation is that they should be hovering around tenth to fifteenth. With the talent yeah, mid, that they've added. Mid-pack is very fair. Yeah. yeah. And so if it's still 23rd, yep. then you will know at that point. And, I, and that's that's what you're looking for, I think. And if it were me, uh, I would want to find that out, though. I would want to find out, can this guy get us into the top 10 in offense mm-hmm. with our defensive genius coach? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a pretty good combination. If he can't, if we're still bad, then I'm sorry. We've just got to move on and not give this guy a hundred million dollars because we could just draft one in a really good quarterback draft or find some other intermediate option that is not going to hogtie us so much with the salary cap, different players. That's true. I'm just, I'm curious because 
they have so much invested in this year and expectations are going to be high internally, definitely, that I'm just curious if they're all going to say, well, wait and see. And if they do, and Bradford, let's say that they finish 12th in offense, there's a very good chance he walks. My curiosity lies in this. Is our feeling about Bridgewater being a viable option to come back real, or are we all just being hopeful? Because if we're being hopeful and it doesn't happen, you are, you're basically going into 2018 with either a draft pick or something else. Mm-hmm. And, and to come full circle on this conversation, this was a team that the day they took uh, Teddy in the draft said to themselves, we finally found our quarterback. Mm-hmm. We finally found that guy. Now you've got Bradford who could be that guy. He could walk. It's just, it's interesting that we're going to go into a year with, with a position potentially, con- potentially, up in the air, you don't know. So it just leaves me it leaves me curious if the direction is sort of known by the Vikings or if they're guessing to. Yeah. And I can't tell. I wonder if they've got sort of if then charts That's what I'm <laughs> somewhere. Saying. If this is there happens, a plan behind this yeah. or, or is there just a sort of well we like Teddy and if he's healthy, that's great. The, I can't tell. The one scenario where I think that they could make a big mistake would be the if Sam Bradford has five more hot games or something yep. for for a hot quarter of a season like he did last year yep. and then they say all right we're good because if you had watched the first four games with Sam Bradford you would have said sign me up don't put that past him and and really like i i feel like i always overstate how much he, he struggled but i've gone back and i've watched the entire season over again mm-hmm. and there were so many games to be had down that stretch. I mean, you can go by them one by one, both Detroit games. They had the ball inside of the red zone and ended up punting against Detroit. I mean, there are many times. Did you think he got gun shy or what? Like like when, when you went back and watched games from those first four starts, what was the ultimate thing from, let's say, start four against Houston where he looked fantastic to start 12th? Like, what did you see? Okay, I think what we saw there was an incredible game plan against Houston. Okay. That just worked flawlessly, and I think the Houston Texans were unaware that Adam Thielen is a really good wide receiver. Um, Outside of that, though, the Green Bay game was quite excellent. They still didn't put up a lot of points, though, in that game. No, but But he was very 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 competent in that game. He He was was very good, yes. Carolina, he wasn't good. Uh I don't know if any at any point he was good in that game. And what's the other game mixed in the Giants? Yeah. Pretty good in the Giants game. Prime yep. time game. Pretty good in the Giants game. But But I mean what down what the changed? stretch yeah, well, what changed? I think that there's two things. Number one is uh the the adjustments. And I also think that the offensive line did get worse as they went on. It was bad before. It was real bad before. The Philadelphia game is the one that comes to mind for me as being the offensive line was just in shambles. Yeah, it went from bad to total catastrophe. And then Jake Long actually played a couple of good games. I I really mean it. Yeah, that Washington game before. He's not incompetent. Yeah, no. TJ was. When he got hurt against Washington, that was his best game. And he played really well in that game. And I think the rest of it was the league watches your tape Mm -hmm. and they adapt to a lot of the things that you do Mm -hmm. and they figured out and the Philadelphia game was the start of it and I think they set a little bit of the tone there 
and other teams started dropping two safeties deep. Mm-hmm. And when you have no running game whatsoever, you could drop two safeties deep and feel great about it. Right. Because you know that this team's getting shut down at the line of scrimmage. I think the combination of those two things, him getting figured out a little bit, and then with not being able to run the ball at all. I don't think there's a huge, huge effect. I think it's overstated. But you have to have the. But if you have no running game, you got to have the threat of at yeah. least being competent the sh- there, or being able yes. to run the football. The that Chicago sense. game where Norv Turner decided to resign after they played two deep safeties the whole night. They dropped everybody back and said, "Do whatever you want underneath, but you are not throwing over us." Question for you. Do you believe that the two worst coach games uh, by the 2016 Vikings were at Chicago and the Colts game here? It seemed to me in both those games they were predictable or they did something. Defensively, the game plan against the Colts was a, was just atrocious. I think if Zimmer is is healthy for that game completely, that doesn't happen probably. But then offensively, it did seem like the Norv, the Chicago game, the Norv game, was, damn it, we're going to do it the way I like to do it. And you watch that and you said to yourself, Norv, don't make any sense. Yeah. Yep. That do you was, think that, that those are the two worst coach games of the season? I would agree with that. The Indianapolis one on all levels. And I even start out with the Indianapolis one, the first play from scrimmage, handing it off to Adrian Peterson. Yeah. That was just mind And then throwing it to him, right? Didn't they hand off and then throw yes. and that was it? everyone in the world thought you were going to give him the ball on the first play. That was a prime candidate for a play action. This team was great with play action. And then after that, they got dominated at the line of scrimmage. Frank Gore ran over them. Then Chad Greenway could not cover. That's what I still Harris could not cover. And right. They played the base package. Yeah. What were that? But those two to me uh, strike me as games where, because the Bradford games that I would fault him definitely were Detroit for sure at Detroit. That game was all, you know, that yep. game was right there. Um, but there were some games where I watched it and I said, Bradford looks bad. And there were some games I watched a few and said, the game plan here makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yep. And I think the, I do think that the Chicago game was a combination. There were missed throws there that could have well, and poor been Well, poor safety who didn't belong out there. And yeah, the Bears um, just ran right through them. But I think all that together, what you have with Sam Bradford is just an imperfect quarterback that we watch Aaron Rodgers play all the time See, yeah, against the Vikings, and it's just that there are there are positives and negatives to his game uh, that some weeks you're going to be very frustrated. And I think that's why the Rams didn't stick with him. I think that's why the Eagles didn't stick with him. Right. Is that there are some weeks that he goes out and plays. I would include Carolina. You got a punt return for a touchdown. You got interceptions. You got sacks no, in right. that game. Yeah. That watching him against Carolina, we were like, Oh boy, this doesn't look good at all. But like, this, but but this league is incredibly difficult because finding a top flight QB mm-hmm. is so damn tough. Yep, and that's the thing. That's the thing is, do you want to go from okay, Sam? We'll see ya. We think Teddy can play. Teddy can't play. Right. And now you're just back to let's start drafting him. I mean, this yeah, team, yeah. Collar, this team has been trying to find a quarterback for <laughs> I can't tell you how. I mean, they found Culpepper for a while. That was it. Uh, quickly, before we're done, tell me about the uh, the story that you just published on 1500ESPN.com about Latavius Murray. Yeah. Um, so I had a chance to talk with Latavius Murray about his number change. 
uh, why he's going with number 25 this year. Clearly, he didn't want to offend Adrian Peterson by taking his number, but also honoring a very close friend of his who was killed uh, last Thanksgiving. And I had a chance to talk with Latavius about it and also go back to Latavius's hometown, talk to his high school coach. These two guys played together. And uh, the one takeaway from this is, I think what you have with Latavius Murray and what the Vikings, I think, often strive for with a lot of players is a very, very bright guy uh, who understands the game extremely well, but also has kind of a sense for the world. You know, sure. some of these guys live in their bubble. And so he can block? Else, and he can block, yes. He is, he is very adept. Crash, but he, is, he is very adept like at blocking. Block. But also this yeah. year, uh, I think what, people might be interested in reading about is that he's playing with a pretty heavy heart sure that someone very close to him i won't ruin the story for you very close to him he's honoring with uh with that number one of his best friends and it's a it's a a backstory that uh was tough to listen to people talk about that i interviewed sure but at the same time um very very interesting to learn a lot more about latavius and where he came from and i went back and visited high, his high school by the way it's uh-huh. Very small. The fact that this guy was able to come from a high school of that size to make it to be an NFL Pro Bowler is pretty amazing. Well, uh, I don't know how it's done in Minnesota, but in New York, they have like Class A is the biggest. Sure. Is it that way here? No, it's 5A here, I think. But Well, it's I think point. there's a number of A's, maybe like Same 3A point. or something like that. Yep. So he came from a Class D school. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're talking small. And I went to the school and I went to uh, where his friend died, too, um, and wrote about that and and the entire situation around it. But uh, it it was really insightful to learn a lot about Latavius Murray. And I think that what you have is is a is a very bright person who's playing with a little extra motivation this year. All right. We are done. We will at least until you change the name. Call it the Microwave Purple Podcast. Uh, We'll be back. Later on in the week, also talking uh, more Vikings on the Purple Podcast. Plenty more to get to, including the wide receiver uh, situation as that evolves. He's Collar. I'm Zolgad. Thanks for listening. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.